we have been talking about unity, and um, I just felt like God impressed on my heart to for us to uh, continue that or close that out, if you will, this week in the form of or uh, as a unified group, right? So you're about to get the final uh, part of unity teaching that we've been having by the three of us. Um, and I'm sure we'll all speak to this as time goes on, but each one of us, as you can see, are very different. You know, I have no hair. They both have theirs. Um, <laughs> which I'm, I'm processing and praying over daily. <laughs> Joking. Um, <laughs> no, but we both have, you know, we all have, you know, different perspectives and, and things we like and dislike and whatnot. And, you know, uh, you may hear uh, the analogy or, or talking about football. I don't watch football, but I can agree with the things they're going to say. I just want to say, you know, I approve this message. Uh, <laughs> um, and so the point is this. We, um, we are unified standing before you today to share this message and to uh, just see and cultivate, cultivate and see the message of unity and the action being taken for us as a church toward being unified. So, uh, yeah, just bear with us as we work through this. I'm sure you will laugh. I hope so anyway. I uh, hope you laugh with us and not at us so much. Uh, but with that being said, I want to start with an opener. The last few weeks that we've spoken I've given an opener. And the truth is, is that the opener is actually one big paragraph that I split up throughout the week. So you're going to hear the first two week openings and then um, and then you'll hear the last part, bringing it all together in one. All right. Again, you're going to see us switch out. Might be in this form where, you know, we're standing here. Uh, speaking to you, and then, you know, you might also hear somebody chime in. I need you to know that it's okay. We're not interrupting one another. <laughs> we, we are unified on the fact that we will, and it is okay to interrupt, okay? There is no disrespect here. Uh, it has all uh, been, I, I say loosely, planned, okay? <laughs> so, the unity to which Christ calls us can serve as an example to the world. It can inspire and give hope to people who know little about Christ, learning to embrace and celebrate the unique set of cultural morals, personal experiences, and God-given gifts, and the sensibilities that every believer brings to the world to the work of Christ is one of the most powerful forms of outreach the church has to offer. However, the lack of unity within the church can have a devastating effect on its outreach. If people look to the church and see fractious relationships, backbiting and internal warfare, they will likely and justifiably chalk it up to hypocrisy. For many, it will confirm their worst suspicion about Christianity. If they see there's nothing special about the way Christ's followers interact with one another, they may question Christ's ability to change lives. But on the other hand, if people actually see a loving concern amongst the people in the church, if people see cooperation, encouragement, accountability, and even an iron sharpens iron kind of attitude. And while you may not identify with that analogy, in its basic form, it's making each other better. 
right? We've probably all seen the way the world works, and we've seen, I mean, I don't know about your job, but we've seen the way jobs work, right? And a lot of times it's not necessarily making each other better. But if the world saw something different in the church, maybe then it might actually motivate them to want to know more. We could go after them and tell them why they're wrong and shout them down, telling them they they need Jesus. But it's unlikely that would actually motivate them to have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't have to look at media for long. You don't have to look at the world around us for long to see that they're missing something. They're searching for something. I heard a ridiculous statistic this week, and I can't even quote it, but it's, it was something on the order of the average person will see somewhere between like eight and 40,000 advertisements like a day or something ridiculous like that. It was this huge number that just blew my mind. And they, the point that they were making was it's no wonder the world feels like they're searching for something because all they ever see is that they don't have enough. Oh, you need a better watch. You need a better car. You need a better phone. You need a better to look better. You need to look different. You need to be happier. All these other things that come at them, right? So our world is sitting there missing something and God has set the church up as an opportunity to look like something different. Unity matters. You know, one of the beautiful things about Even the country we live in, right? It's 50 states united together for one thing. And our country is struggling with unity right now. But where in there is the problem? You know, I... The the opener that I had there was asking, what if we showed encouragement, showed all these things... The question I ask you today is, what is it that drew you to Christ? What what was appealing about that? Because if we can then replicate that and show where you had a need and it was now been met, let's do that again. You don't have to, sometimes sometimes evangelism, and that's a big word, right? But let's step back and say, sometimes just the opportunity to share Christ and what he's done for us in our lives seems super intimidating. Walking door to door seems super intimidating. Talking to the person in the restaurant or the grocery store or the department store you're in seems super intimidating. Talking to your coworker, right? But it doesn't have to be this big thing that we make it out to be at times. Sharing it can be as simple as this is what I needed and this is what God gave me, right? Does that make sense? The I don't need to be able to expound upon why Leviticus has a lot of weird laws, right? I need to say, I needed Jesus, and Jesus changed me. Unity, what does that look like? Encouragement, accountability, making each other better. Making each other better is part of growing. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, it says, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Let me just stop right there. Like, immature, like children. I, how many of you would kind of point at your coworkers and be like, they're a little immature at times? Okay, maybe you won't admit it, but you thought it, right? I mean, come on. This, why are we going to be different? We need to be mature believers. We need to be mature like Christ. And what for? It says, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. I mean, just this was written a long time ago. But how true is that? Look at, look at the stuff we hear all the time. They're lies, but they sound like the truth. I'm not going to get too political here, but if you go down the political spectrum, you know what I'm talking about. If you go down the health spectrum, you know what I'm talking If you go to, you don't have to go look at anything. And you, lies that are so clever, they sound like the truth. But it says, instead, 
we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. I'm not trying to grow up to be strong enough to shout someone down. I'm trying to grow up to be strong enough to be more like Christ. Yeah. Real quick, I just, um, right, there's a couple things you said. A minute ago, you talked about going out to, you know, knock on doors or evangelize or whatever. And then now you're talking about, you know, maturing and learning and growing to be like Christ. And it's like, when I heard you say that, well, the first thing I was like, I'm not going to say that because I don't want to jump in <laughs> um, and kind of, but then when you said this, it was like, yeah, I have to say something because if, if you've ever been a part of a team that went out to evangelize, we, we did it earlier mm -hmm. um, or late last year. And what I realized is that there were people there that were not comfortable with doing that. Um, there were people that didn't show up because they weren't comfortable with doing that. But the thing is, is that we are, we, we should be trying to grow to be more like Christ. And what we know is, is Jesus has walked around everywhere preaching the gospel. Um, and I know we live in a new age and a new, a new day. And this isn't, you know, like a, hey, you need to do that. This is actually, um, you don't have to be comfortable or like to do something if you understand that it is a good thing. Right. So going to knock on doors, going to evangelize people in the streets, if we can agree, if we all can agree that that is a good thing and it does look like Christ, we can be unified on that. Yes. You see, so there's a difference between being unified and you're like, I don't have to like everything you like. And it's like, no, you don't have to like it. But is it a bad thing? If not, let's unify on the fact that this is a good thing. And maybe you're not ready to do it now, but maybe you can grow to, to like to do it or grow to be able to do it, um, you know, through prayer, through opening. You know what I mean? Because and I say that I don't want to be like, you know, you know, oh, you suck because you won't do this. No, there are things that I'm not comfortable with and I don't like. And I have to say to God, God, I need you to help me with this. I need you to help me with this because I see that. This is good for our church. This is good for people. And I'm unified on the fact that it is good, but I'm just not there yet. Help me to get there. Absolutely. You, when you're talking about that, it reminds me of eating your vegetables, right? Don't necessarily need to like it, but we're all pretty sure it is actually good for us to eat those things. Um, the, and I wasn't trying to, I, I love the way you said it. Like I wasn't trying to downplay doing that. I was trying to take away the, the excuses we have for not, right? The point is not that I need to know all these things before I can. The point is I've been changed by Jesus Christ. I can do that today. Amen. So let's go. The, uh, let's get back to the word of God too. This is so good. All right. Um, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts to grow. Real quick, Chancy. Um, bookmark that part right there where it says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Remember that. We're going to come back to that here in just a minute. Can't wait to hear. But it says it helps the other parts to grow. That means you're not coming to church. You are the body of Christ, right? We are all those different parts it's talking about but it's part of our job to help each other to grow. So don't come to church to sit, to take, and to leave. Come to help each other to grow. And we'll talk more about what that looks like. But it says, and then it says, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's what we're supposed to be. So bring that back around to the opening statement. It says, if, on the other hand, people see a loving concern, cooperation, encouragement, accountability, and a helping each other to be better, then maybe they will be inspired to investigate Christ further. And so from there, we're going to jump from Ephesians into Romans, and I'm going to let Kelly share some with you. Thank you. All right. Um, just as our bodies have many parts, 
Each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body, we are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So that fits in right there with the part that I said, hey, let's put a bookmark there and let's go back and look at that. It says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. We all fit together. We all have a place. We all have a job to do. Saturday morning, yesterday morning, I was laying in bed and I woke up and I just felt the spirit speaking to me. And so I started really listening. And it was about this right here. And so I'm a very visual person. I have to, like, see something that helps me understand a little bit better. And what the Holy Spirit was giving me was a puzzle. Who's ever put together a puzzle? You know, like a thousand-piece puzzle? Yeah, you know? So Maybe a hundred. (laughs) A hundred? Well, you know. And and you're the PC, IT guy? Yeah, I'm the engineer. We'll work on that. But, but think about this puzzle here, a big puzzle. Each piece is shaped a little bit different. There may be some similar pieces in that box with the same shape, but they have a different image on them. Okay, so some of us, think, think, think of us as those puzzle pieces. Some of us may look a little bit alike. We may be shaped a little bit alike. You know, I'm more round than some people, you know. But... Each piece may look a little bit similar, but we're all different. We may have a different image. So we all have a different job, a different way we fit together. So the first thing I do when I'm putting a puzzle together, I do the border. I do around the outside. Um, Those pieces are going to be a little bit similar because they all have that flat side. So you know where they fit at. They're going to be the border. Think of that as like, our pastors, our teachers, ministers. They're the ones that are going to hold everything together. They're, they're the foundation of the puzzle, basically. That's good. That's, that is really good. Thank you. Thank oh, okay. You. <laughs> and then you have the pieces that fit inside to help put the bigger picture together. They help shape all of the ministries that may be children's ministry. You know, you can run children's ministry. You're, you're that foundation. You're going to hold it there. But then you need the little pieces to help make it work. Lots of them. Yes. <laughs> so um, the middle, um, they fill in the big picture, help you to see everything clearly. Um, then you have those other pieces that you don't quite know where they go yet. They're, they're sitting around the outside of the board there. You'll pick those pieces up, and it's like, okay, well, let's try them over here maybe in um, the worship team. Try to fit it in. It's like, yeah, no, they don't fit there. That's not where they go. Uh, Let's try over here in children's. Oh, no, really don't go right there. Okay. Um, where Where do they go? There you go. And you think, okay, I'm just going to sit them back over here right now. They, they fit in here somewhere, just don't know where yet. So we have to find that place for them. Then you have those other pieces. And sometimes those middle pieces become these. I, I, I was thinking of them as like floaters or missing pieces. You know, you'll get the puzzle all done. And you're like, wait a minute. I have like three spots here and I'm missing puzzle pieces. Where are they at? Where are they hiding? Those pieces are lost somewhere. Those pieces need to be found. They need to be put in their place inside the puzzle there. So then you really find those pieces and you get them in there just in the right place and you see the big picture. But what if you don't find those pieces? What if those pieces don't know where they fit? What's going to happen when you come by and look at that puzzle? You'll be able to see some of it but your eyes are going to be directed right to that hole in the puzzle where the missing piece is. You're going to get distracted. You're going to be looking at that, and you're not going to notice the rest. It's just like, oh, well, look at this. You know, that's missing. What do we do now? 
So I, I was saying, you know, how like, where are the pieces of that puzzle? And then where does that puzzle sit? It sits on a table. What is the table? That's the church. All those pieces sit on the church that sits on the ground that is basically the world. So that puzzle is right there with the church in the world. Now, think about this. What if you got all those puzzle pieces and somebody had another puzzle and it got dumped in with that puzzle? How much confusion is going to be there? You're going to look at that and it's like, okay, well, these are all edge pieces, but either this is a really big puzzle or these pieces don't go with this set. So you're trying to, then you have to sort through it, and that's where confusion comes in at. That's how the enemy wants to try to get you. He wants to confuse you and make you think this is all one big thing, and this puzzle, the image on there, it fits with this here, but it doesn't always fit with the same image. We have many parts of one body. We just have to find that way to fit together. I got to follow that act, Kelly. Thanks a lot. Golly. Uh, right? Uh, I'm just going to the word. Forget it. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 18. It says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. I'm going to pause right there. So Kelly just got, talk, got done talking about, you know, many parts and, and the puzzle and how we fit together. And when we start to realize, right, let's just, let's just say that here at the body day, and we have, we have grasped the concept of, you know, we, we understand we're many different parts. And we understand that we fit together in different places. And we understand all of that. Are we then, are we then being intentional about not just fitting in our place, but helping others to understand that they have a place. Helping others be open to the, the, the idea and the fact that they do fit. And the way that happens is we don't just pretend to love others. And we're going to get into this more, but we have three things that we really focus on here at The Body Dayton. Authenticity, acceptance, and action. And all throughout this scripture, I'm going to read to you right now. You're going to hear those things jump out like they become so relevant. And you begin to understand what our goal is here. You begin to understand what we should be doing, what it looks like, right? Like it's going to take you to uh, apply this to your thinking, right? The Bible says in, in Romans 12, chapter 1 or 2, that we're supposed to be renewed in our mind, right? Not conforming to the way that the world does, does things, but we are supposed to do things the way that God would have us to do things. So sometimes our thinking literally has to be changed. I've, I've heard sayings before where people are like, ah, uh, you don't want to go to church because you're going to be brainwashed. And so the church in turn will be like, we don't brainwash people. We don't brainwash people. I beg to differ. I say we do. I say we do. Matter of fact, we brainwash people because, because we are all dipped and cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes? We are made new, right? So that means we're washed. We are washed and our minds are renewed. So we are brainwashed. Now, there, there is a way to do that and a way it's supposed to be done, and there's a way that it's not supposed to be done. We are supposed to be changed and transformed by the Word of God, 100%. So as we live our lives together, as we are allowing ourselves to come into these puzzle pieces, we don't just want to pretend to love people. We want to love people. Well, Pastor Dwayne, how do I do that? 
Well, the way you do it is by, number one, realizing that you were once not loved. And somebody loved you. Amen. Somebody thought that you were the outlier. You were the puzzle piece that was lost. Now that you're in the puzzle, you're like, I belong here. And you do. But don't get so confident about yourself that you feel like you're better than or greater than, right? And this is all scripture. This is all stuff that I've been talking about. Really love them, it says. Hate what is wrong. I want, I want you to just dwell on that for a second. Hate what is wrong. It does not say hate people. It says hate what is wrong? It's okay. It's okay to dislike things that are not right in God's eyes. But it is not okay ever to hate people. It says hold tightly to what is good. Let's not focus on hating what's wrong so much that we forget to focus on what's good. Love each other with genuine affection. That means you got to show it. Lord, I just don't know how to show it. He will, he will teach you. He will show you and take delight in honoring each other. Man, oh man, oh man. I got to tell you, when I was growing up in church, the only person that was supposed to be honored was the pastor. It was like, you know, you wanted to bring him breakfast. You wanted to bring him lunch. You wanted to bring him over to the house for dinner. Like, you know what I mean? You wanted to do these things. And a lot of times people did those things just so they could get on the pastor's good side, right? It was like, I want to sing on the praise team. I'm going to invite the pastor over and tell him how much I know about music. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> pastor, I tell you what. Uh, la, 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 la. <laughs> God is good all the time. How do you like that chicken? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's not what it's about. I started going to a church. I started to go to a church and, and, you know, I was in ministry. I was in youth ministry, but I noticed that there was this, there was these people that I just absolutely loved. Uh, these two ladies and they would, they would just go out of their way to honor me. They weren't a part of the youth group. They weren't, you know, but they just went out of their way to honor me. And I'm like, I mean, why are you guys always doing stuff? And they're like, well, you know, because I know we think about the pastor and, you know, like you're a youth pastor and somebody needs to show you some love and some honor. And I was like, man, that's nice. I appreciate that. I, I brought them into the youth group. <laughs> you ate the chicken. I ate the chicken. <laughs> Tag on. <laughs> But the reason I bought them in was not so I could get more stuff. It was because I wanted the youth to see them up close and personal. I wanted them to live out what they did in front of these young people so they could grasp it. And the great thing about that was is when they, once they were in the youth group, it was like they forgot that I was there. And they began to honor other people on a regular basis. And I was like, yes. Yes, this is it. This is what I love. I mean, it was like, they'd be like, all right, so youth group, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. They begin to pull the youth group into their honoring stuff. They would go do stuff and then have the youth group help them. And I was like, man, this is God. I love that. Because it's not just about honoring the leaders. It's about honoring one another. It's about looking and seeing the needs of the people who sit next to you in these pews and saying, you know what? You're worth it. You're amazing. Hey, if everybody knew who you were, they would do this for you as well. Because it, the Bible says we all are, are uh, uh, jeez, come on, Lord. It was there and then it left. <laughs> I, got it. I know. We're all royal priesthood, Right. We're all very important. We all were made in his image. We all are the head and not the tail. We're all very important. What if we treated each other that way? So it continues in this, and it says, uh, delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy. Uh-oh. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. 
If I had the amplified version, man, it would have been all kinds of other words there. I'm just telling you right now. And I love that. But see, those words, y'all would have all been getting a spanking. I'm telling you, because when they do not be lazy, it's like, and slothful, and this, and that. And you're like, gee, okay, I get it. So you're welcome. I didn't use the Amplified Version. It says, work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. That means with excitement. You're excited to do this. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. I recently was having a conversation with someone who is in ministry. And they were like, man, you know, something that I just feel like God is bringing us back to the heart of is hospitality. We've gotten way too uh, uh, focused on entertainment, they said. And I was like, hmm, please continue with that thought. I was curious. And they were like, you know, when we, and I'm going to use worship again, but I mean, I could use preaching. I could use whatever you, whatever you want to use when it comes to standing on this platform. But it's like, sometimes we get so focused on, you know, just, the lights and the camera and the action, you know what I mean? It's like all of that that we forget about hospitality. What is that? What, what is the difference there? I can entertain you, you know, or, or the what? You didn't like my tap dancing? Alan, you better not record and use that later. I can see that happening. You could probably get some tips from like Abigail and Haley yeah. and Noah. Yeah, take some lessons with Anila. <laughs> Help me. Um, but the, the thing is, is that what if we were more focused instead of doing that and, and pulling people in and showing them love through practical means, right? Like, what do you mean, Pastor Wayne? I don't know. Like when people walk through the door and we're standing there, we're like, God bless you. Man, it's so good to see you. We love you so much and it's genuine, people are like, I want to come here every day, not just on Sunday. These people make me feel good about myself, right? Instead of, you know, they come in and, like, we can have our music pumping, like, itch, 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 you know what I mean? And it's like, I'm excited. Everything is awesome. You know what I'm saying? And they come in, and, like, that's cool. But when they leave, they really didn't feel a personal touch, so that's the difference between entertaining them and having hospitality. It's more, it's, it's more of a personal thing, okay? And now, don't, I'm, I'm not getting off track. I'm, I'm talking about us being unified. Unified in what? In what I just said. Let us all have the mind that we want people to come here and leave thinking to themselves, that's where I need to be and desire to be every single day. As a young person, I desired to live at the church. I know that sounds crazy. I was like, give me whatever jobs, jobs that will allow me to be here every day of the week. You need somebody to clean? I'll clean. I just want to walk around the sanctuary and pray. Can I turn the music on too? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, what do you want me to do? Like, I can do whatever you want me to do. I wanted to be at the church whenever I could be there because I loved it. I loved the way I felt when I was there. Now I came to realize that I can have that same feeling wherever, but when I was here, it helped me to focus on that. It says, always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you so everybody doesn't like you. It's okay. Bless them anyway. I'm not talking about that annoying, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Make a, you talk, talk like, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> that guy hates me. Hey, so-and-so, how you doing? I just love you. You know, good one, they don't want to talk to you. <laughs> how you doing? And now you're just doing it just to get on their nerves. You know what I'm saying? That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about those, those mild, simple situations where you know they don't like you. And you're just like, hey, man, I just want you to know I've been praying for you. You know what I mean? I, I don't know what's going on, you know, but I, 
I've been thinking about you. God bless you, you know? And that's it. And you just walk away. You know, and then they're sitting there like, I don't know why that guy talks to me, tell me he's praying for me. I don't like him. And then God start whooping up on him. I, I know he didn't do nothing to me, but I just, uh, you know what I'm saying? And then it's on and popping, and a few weeks later, they're going to be like, I'm sorry. Excuse, excuse me? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel like God told me to tell you that I'm sorry. I've had a heart against you. And, you know, they're like, you're like, oh, it's, it's okay, man. Bring it in for a hug. Then, then you, there you go. There you go. Pull it in for a hug. When you know he don't want to hug you. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that, that's okay. I'm being funny. But seriously, though, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. It don't always like it don't have to be like just be okay. Be be happy to be around people that aren't, you know, leadership. Right? Be happy with being around people that are just ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. I'm not going to hover there. It says it all. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. That's scripture. Every bit of what I said there was, I mean, I expounded on it, but it's all scripture. So with that being said, we're going to turn a corner and round third here. Um, we want to very specifically bring all of this around to our three A's. Before we do that, can I share one thing? Yeah, quick? yeah, yeah, please. You were talking about brainwashing, and that stuck with me, and I, it brought back to me a message I heard from Pastor Ryan, which was one of the best to me, it was one of the most impactful sermons he ever preached in the way it changed my thinking. And you talk about brainwashing, and I love the, 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 the contrast that that concept brings, but it has so many negative connotations. But it's, it's a complete change of mind. But it's not a brainwashing to change you to something that we desire. Right, right. To me, it is a... It's... Couldn't, I was struggling with, and why I didn't speak up sooner was I was struggling to figure out the right imagery to try to communicate in this moment, but it's like restoring an old car. It's like restoring an old floor. The most beautiful things in these, we don't watch fixer-upper shows where they go and build a new house, right? The, why do people love these? Because they see something that was broken made like brand new. It's good. Okay. It was something that was there restored to what it was. God made us perfect, amazing, and holy, and then sin tarnished us. Come on. And we became something that we weren't intended to be. Our goal at the church is not to suddenly turn you into what we want you to be. It is to restore you back to the glory that God originally yeah. had for you. Ryan's sermon talked about was it a sweatshirt or paint? I don't even remember what the article of clothing was, but it was basically something that had gotten so worn out and there was no use in trying to sew patches onto no, it. We weren't going to patch over the pants until they looked new again. They needed to be destroyed. Our sin needs to be crucified to the cross, completely done away with. This body of who we are and the sin we are needs to be thrown away, done with, and restored to who God created us to be originally. So if you don't misunderstand what he is talking about, yes. our God is not here to make us better. Our God is here to make us new. And we will find unity when we are completely new. Because a bunch of patches on my pants is not unity. A bunch of patches on my pants is a bunch of different pieces trying to hold together. But what God wants is the puzzle that Kelly talked about, where when all the pieces come together, they are one brand new thing. They are something completely different than what it originally started at, because they are, but they are what God designed. And it's a puzzle that we can't see the full picture until he finishes putting it together. 
So what you said was just sticking with me that we have to understand that God isn't doing a small thing. God is doing a big thing. And it is a renewal back to what he originally intended. But, some, but it's not something that can be restored. It has to be something that is renewed. So that was... You're, you're, you're up. You're up. That, was, that was great. Keep it going. Keep on going. <laughs> so Pastor Duane was saying, okay, now we got to tie this back to who we are. Right, We are the body dating, and above that door it says authenticity, acceptance, and action. So I get to share with you about authenticity. Authenticity is being real. It is talking about what our life is really like. I am one of the pastors of this church, and you know what? I don't have it right. I mess up. This week, I was part of a difficult conversation because I didn't have it right. Through inaction, through actions, through things that caused this to happen, we needed to have a conversation with someone in the church because there was disunity because of perceived disconnect. I'm telling you this not because I want you to know that as we have to work at this, mm-hmm. I can be a pastor, I can be up here waving, smiling, doing stuff, serving around the church and still hurting those around me because I haven't built that connection with them. and. The devil is going to try to use silly stuff like that. It didn't, it, the devil tries to use stuff that I didn't even do, right? We, we, when you think about how crazy, that, we worry about like, oh, well, I didn't sin, and I didn't do this, and I didn't do this, and I didn't do this. But sometimes it's I didn't do it because that became the problem. We, authenticity is saying, hey, you know what? Well, let's go to this verse, Ephesians 4.25, because this is, This is good. It says, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. This conversation happened because the person came to me and spoke truth to me about where they were, where they felt, how they felt I had treated them, right? It was something that happened, had to happen. Authenticity is not the fake smiling at somebody that you don't like. This was having a real conversation with somebody so that the devil didn't have a foothold to sow disunity. And the second, so, um, so this authenticity, right? That, that was my lead. So if you remember the, the, the list that Pastor Dwayne gave us the first time, the first sermon, right? And I'm going to, I get to talk about being humble and gentle. Hold on one second. Hold on. Uh, I just want you to know that that scripture is not up there if you're looking oh. for it. These extra ones we didn't put in there. And it, they actually might be in there, but they might be in, um, in one of the other uh, Previous weeks. You know, parts or whatever. So if you want to look in the other parts, you'll find them. Like the five things that we're about to talk about, it's in one. Yeah, see? So they're in there somewhere. Go there ahead. you go. We got, yeah, they're crushing we got a it. great team up there. Let's just, yeah, it's here. Um, All right, so be humble and gentle. This is tied to authenticity, right? It says, don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given to us, Romans 12, verse 3. Why does this verse matter? Because I'm a human. And when someone comes to me and they start sharing with you, hey, I feel this way about the way that you've, this has happened, or this has happened, or this has happened. What's the first thing we do as humans? Boom, yeah, you can't, I don't know why I just did the Wonder Woman gauntlets there. I I watch a lot of superhero movies, not sure where that just came out. (laughs) Right, okay, we're putting up a shield, whatever. I'll be a red Captain America shield, right? I mean, whatever. You guys get it. This is what I was you, thinking Chancy. Wakanda forever. <laughs> Chancy just blew them across the room. <laughs> if he was using the Wonder Woman. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, oh, I love our church and that you guys are laughing with us, right? You're not laughing at me, are no, you? No, definitely not. <laughs> no. So, no. All right. Why do I need this? Because when someone starts to speak truth to me, I'm human, and my first response is to put up the guard and say, and point the finger back at them. My heart immediately was like, yeah, but, I mean, are you sure? Because you didn't do this either. The stupid ways that our sin is ingrained in us and in our nature, because humankind is 
full of sin, and this has become our nature. This is why I need to be renewed, because these seeds have been put inside of me, and they are part of the human nature that God is putting to death. But speaking the truth in love, you've heard that today. Sitting in here and saying, don't think about yourself better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourself not by others, not by what the world says you are, but measuring yourself by the faith God has given to us. And as we had this conversation, God brought about not just a restoration of a, of a relationship, but what, God, what the devil didn't know when he was trying to mess it up, that he was not just going to try to, he was trying to mess up and put a wedge between two people. He had, after our conversation, I found out that he had put a seed that had been there for a while trying to drive a wedge in there because of a misperception. And what he planted and he watered and he just was working on over time trying to grow into something, what he didn't realize is that out of that, he was going to, Instead of getting what he wanted, God says, look at this. I'm going, to put, I'm, going to, I'm going to build a couple people that are going to be best friends, and they're going to fight the devil twice as hard. Or what was, what was the term that came up in our small gestalt? Is that right? Gestalt, right? I hope that in the end of this, that it's not two people that are twice as strong to fight him, that it's two people that are ten times as strong to fight him. Amen. Because we have walked through something, we've had a real conversation, and we said, the devil's not going to have a place here, but I am going to be humble and gentle and learn from what you are speaking to me. I'm not thinking of my response before I finish hearing what you have to say to me. I am going to, in authenticity, listen to what you have to say, put that up, and measure myself by the faith that God has given to us. I don't have to just accept whatever you put on me. I don't measure myself by what you say about me. Not everybody who comes to me and says, Chancey, I don't think you're this, or you're good enough here, not every one of them are measuring me by the faith that, and what that God has given me. So I'm not just saying you are whatever somebody comes to you and tells you you are. Because good Lord knows the stuff our pastors have to deal with and people, things people say about them. But they're wrong when they measure themselves against who God says they are. We are led by a couple of amazing pastors that I'm glad to be a part of their church. Yeah. Right? Let's hear some bigger amens than that, please. I love our pastors. So, authenticity. I stand before you today and tell you that I struggled with this this week. And I am thankful to say that we're coming out the other side of it, that God has built something stronger, and that the devil was defeated this week. But we are going to come together and do that as a church family. And we want to do that for each other. Come back to remember what I talked about at the beginning. Iron sharpens iron, right? Making each other better. We are now better because we worked through something. And so I hope you are willing to be humble enough too to work through things, to see yourself as who you really are. Because you could probably better at half the stuff I do for this church than I am. But what we want to do is to work together so that Christ is glorified. We want to work together so that people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And in unity, that does not have room for those seeds of bitterness, for those seeds of dissension, for those seeds of disunity to grow, we stomp those out and we press forward. But in that moment where we have to deal with authenticity and who we really are, sometimes there's the next part of that. And that part is acceptance. That was good. Now I feel like you. I got to follow that up. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah, okay, so, you know, he, he was talking about, okay, we need to work together. We need to be strong. But, you know, okay, you're authentic. I like to think that I'm a very authentic person. What you see is what you get. I'm just as grumpy out in the world as I am at home. So that, that's just facts. <laughs> Thank you. Love you, too. 
But how can we get to that point where we can be authentic and then you have to be able to accept people? What happens when somebody comes through that door and they're, they look a little bit different than you? They act a little bit different than you do? Maybe they think differently than you do? I know I think differently than a whole lot of people. Maybe they're Packers fans. We, we can forgive them for that. Okay. Okay. But, but if you think about that, okay, so say they're a Packers fan or they're a Browns fan or a Bengals fan or the best team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. You know, you may not agree. Well, hey, it's subjective. You may not agree on the team, but you got to think. It's like, I love football. I love the NFL. They're all a part of the NFL. So I accept that. So, okay, you know, each team, they all have the same goal. They all want to get to the same place. They all want to get to the Super Bowl. And each of those teams are a part of the bigger league, the NFL. Each one of us, we have to be accepting of all these other people that are going to come into this building. We're all a part of God's kingdom. We're all God's children. Think about when you first came to know the Lord. What were you like? You know, think about, you know, I know when I first walked into a church building, I'm sure people were looking at me like, who is this guy here? I wasn't like them. I was fresh. I knew I was missing something and I was looking for acceptance. I wanted to find where I fit in. My, my whole life from a little kid, I was always trying to find that place. Where do I fit? Who do, where do I belong? I was searching. Didn't know what that was or where that was. And then I finally got into church. And I sat and I heard the word preached to me. And God knew what I'd been through, where I was at, where I came from. And he accepted me into his arms anyway. So if God can accept me, someone that was out in the world doing all kinds of crazy stuff, who are we not to accept someone that walks through that door because they're a little bit different than us? They think a little bit different than us. Being patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. In Colossians um, 3, 12 through 15, since God shows you to be the holy people he loves, and you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Woo, patience. I struggle with that a lot. I'm not a very patient person, and I don't know where Noah went, but he can tell you that. Anyone that has teenagers, you know, patience is something you struggle with. But we need to be patient for those, with those people as they walk through that door. When they come into this house, yeah, they don't know what we know. You could have been, a, in, in this house, you could have been a Christian saved 20 years. They're not. They, they, if you really think about it, you know, if they don't know the Lord, they haven't been born yet. So if you liken it to a child, they're still in the womb. They're not even out in the world yet. So we need to have that patience for them. As they start to go through that process and start to grow, we need to nurture that and help them. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Mm. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. I'm thankful for each and every person that walks through that door, whether they know God when they walk in or not. Because just like me, they're looking for acceptance. They're looking for where they fit in. They're looking for what piece they are in that puzzle. How, how to get into that spot. They don't know. 
but they know that they're searching. They're know, they know that they're looking for something. And when they come in here, we need to have that patience to forgive them. You may not hear the right words come out of their mouth, words that you may never use, you know, but that doesn't mean that they're ignorant. That just means that they're a little bit different than you and I. So give them that chance, help them to grow, and help them to find that place where they fit in. You have to give them that acceptance. So I'm going to close out here. And I'm going to be real quick uh, because I'm going to talk to you about action. And we're at our time. So this is, this is going to be an altar call, a call for prayer, and all of that. Closing all of that right here as I talk to you about action. I'm going to read a scripture. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. Before I say this, I want to set it up by reminding us what Jesus said to us, that, he, that we should have, we should be like children, right? We should be like children. It says, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. But in deed and in truth. Action. Let's not be just talkers. Let's walk it out. So there's been a lot said here today, but we have to remember that we can't just talk about all of this great stuff. We have to actually do something. We have to be people of action. The body dating, we want to be people of action. We don't always reach the mark, but we desire to be people of action. We want to walk out uh, being authentic and, and accepting. We want to make sure that we are doing these things. Why? Because God did them for us. I, I bet any amount of money that everybody in here at some point in time had somebody looking at you like, I don't know about this person. I don't know about them. And some of you still have people looking at you like that. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> let's be, let's, let's take action. Two of the things that, that are a part of that list of those five things. Binding yourselves together. That's an action. Binding ourselves together. That's an action. It's something that takes work. We have to work at binding ourselves together. I was talking to these guys. Do you know one way that you can build and create and bind and cultivate relationships? Is by doing things together. Some of the dads in this place or moms. Have you ever found yourself, dad, saying, you know what, bud? You know what we're going to do? We're going to build a go-kart. We're going to build a birdhouse. And for those of you who can't build... We're going to do something productive together. Do Legos count? <laughs> like, there you go, Legos. <laughs> you know, moms, you know, like I, I told my daughter the other day, I said, hey, why don't you come in the kitchen and let's make dinner together? She didn't do it. But <laughs> the point is this. The goal was for us to do something together. So when we're looking at action and, and this is not like, this is not like a, a, a shameless plug. This is not that. I'm, I'm using this for real. Because if we would get unified on this thought, I've, something's going to happen in this church. We call for a cleaning day. The, again, remember, this is not a shameless plug. I'm tell, if we call for a cleaning day and every one of you show up on that cleaning day, do you know... The, the, the relationship bonding that will happen in that moment, the jokes and the laughs we'll have, you know, people sitting there like, man, I don't even do this at home. Ha, 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 me neither. I didn't know you didn't clean. I don't clean either. We should be best friends. <laughs> we should call those people that don't clean or that do clean to come clean for us. Great idea. High five. You know what I'm saying? 
this is through action. If we will take action in some areas, right? Binding ourselves together with peace. And then it says, making every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit in Colossians 3. May, I mean, that's, if you read that verse, and I'm not going to read it again. Uh, Kelly already read some of it, but in there, it's talking about that. Making every effort to keep. Keep is an action word. It's something you do. It's going to take work for us to keep this thing together. It's going to take effort. So I'm going to close with this scripture right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there is no division among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. on this word and the things that we have talked about concerning unity. Can we all agree that these are all good things? We may not all be there and that's okay because we're going to be accepting and we're going to be authentic by simply saying, I'm not there yet. But we are all going to pursue a life that is resembling of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Will you bow your heads with me today? If there's anybody here that you have not made Christ Lord and Savior of your life, you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what does that mean? You haven't told him, hey, you know what? I don't get it right. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I need help, all of that, and you, you have not asked him to come in and help you. If you've never done that ever in your life and you want to do that today, would you raise your hand? Great. So let's pray all together, if you will. Let's pray that God will come in and continue to assist us in our lives that we are attempting to live for Christ. Will you say this prayer with me? Lord God, we need you. In order for us to be unified in your name, we need your spirit to operate in us. God, help us to love one another authentically. Help us to be accepting of one another. And Lord God, help us to take action, to live for you and allow you to live through us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Guys, I am so excited that God has brought us through this series. I just, I want to give a quick testimony because I want you to know that day one, starting this series, I thought, man, this is going to be great. It might be a little tough, but it's going to be great. I knew the outcome was going to be Amazing. But man, oh man, oh man. Week two and week three, the enemy came in testing in so many different areas. And you heard, you heard Chancey testify that just Saturday, there he was again, just testing the waters. If we will continue to operate in unity in the ways that I've seen us do through these tests, through this teaching, 
we are going to be something special. People are going to love to be at the body dating because they're going to experience Christ. And that's going to be good. All right? So I'm going to say a quick prayer over you just to release you. Lord God, I just ask and pray, Father, as we go, that you would continue to minister to our hearts, continuously changing us from the inside out. Make us more visibly like you, that people would see us and they would see you, your actions, your love. Lord God, I pray right now that we would submit every part of our lives to you, allowing you to work in and through us. Watch over and keep your people as they go throughout this week. Holy Spirit, remind them to keep you first. God, give each and every one of us an opportunity to express your love to someone, maybe even to share the gospel. I pray that we would see you in every moment that we take, that we have. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. We love you. Thank you for joining us at the Body Dayton Facebook. Be blessed.